Good evening. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church on our Christmas Eve of 2021. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm very glad to see you all here tonight. Um, also welcome to those who may be listening uh, to us from their cars in our parking lot on the radio um, or to those who may be listening to this on our podcast or call-in number in the coming days. Um, in your bulletins, you will see uh, some announcements and things going on, um, as well as prayer requests. I'm going to leave that to you to look over uh, either uh, right now or if you get really bored during the sermon. It's always good reading material. Um, oh, we have two quick announcements. Yes. Um, first of all, our bell choir is playing for the first time in many years tonight. Um, but if anyone is interested in bell choir, you know, let me know. And, I mean, we can make more than one bell choir, or, or, or hopefully we can get, you know, more complicated or more, I don't say complicated, but where we can use more people. Um, also, I'm also the choir director, and if you want to make sure you got a good seat on Sunday morning, we got a lot of room up here. So, um, you know, we don't do anything too difficult. Um, so again, let me know if you're interested in that too. And Merry Christmas. Now wait, if, if they join the bell choir, do they have to start tonight or can no. they wait a couple? We'll, 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 we'll give them a look. Okay. Oh, one more thing. <laughs> and also after the new year, sometime or maybe probably more like the first of February, I'm going to be starting a kids bell choir. So if you have kids that want to play bells, let me know. So that does it. All right. Well, again, welcome on this Christmas Eve. We are going to start our worship time with our first hymn, number 211, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We'll do the first four verses, and I invite you to please rise as you are able.
join me in our call to worship. Rejoice, I bring good news for all people. Unto us a child is born, alleluia. Tonight the angels sing on earth. Glory to God in the highest. You may be seated and we will now have a solo from uh, Mr. Greenfield singing O Holy Night.
If you would please join me in our opening prayer. Eternal God, from the tabernacle of heaven to the poverty of a stable, your radiant light shines forth in a tiny baby wrapped in rags. Such humble love astounds us. In Jesus, you would become one with us, that we might become one with you. Open our hearts to joyfully receive his love, that he may be born in us and we in him, through Christ our Lord. Amen. We will continue with hymn number 230, O Little Town of Bethlehem. be seated. 
It's now time for our Advent meditation, a time of reflection. Though modes and technology have changed dramatically since Luke's day, the twin travel narrative of this passage uh, are remarkably accessible to postmodern pilgrims who make their way to hear them again on Christmas Eve. Weary like Mary and Joseph, we are longing to learn structures of meaning that reach beyond our daily concerns for survival and compliance with life's many demands and decrees. Unfamiliar teachers until now marginalized and ignored like the shepherds will show us the way. But because Jesus himself is the way, we are welcomed not as strangers, but as expected guests. I ask that you consider a response in your hearts. How have you experienced God's grace this Christmas Eve. In a prayer we lift, God of light, we join with shepherds and magi in following the light of your love. Amen. The candles on this wreath have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent, and one candle is lit each Sunday. Three of the candles are purple because the color violet is a liturgical color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. The white candle, the fifth candle, is placed in the middle of the wreath and lit on Christmas Eve. This candle is the Christ candle and represents the life of Christ. The color white is for purity because Christ is our sinless, pure Savior. I invite you to join with me now as we sing the fifth verse of Light the Advent Candle. Your program. time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite any of our children or youth who'd like to come up and grab one of these chairs up here, and I will meet you down there.
up. We're, we're out of chairs already. Hold on. Come on. We'll, we will make this work. There are more chairs. Hold on. This is a good problem to have. There's two more there. Uh, we can have a couple people sit right there. Um, and it looks like we have two. Can we arrange that so they can sit together? Here, why don't you guys go sit over there? Okay. All right. How are you guys doing tonight? Are you guys excited? Why? What's going to happen? Christmas. Christmas. That's right. What happens at Christmas? You get presents. That's right. Gotcha. Okay. Yes. It is Jesus' birthday tomorrow. That's right. Now, for the last couple weeks, I've talked to you guys about angels. You remember some of that? The different angels that came to, let's see, there was Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, and, and they gave them messages. So I have this book called Christmas Angels that I want to read to you guys tonight um, and then tell you a couple other things. Does that sound Okay. All right, I'm going to do my best to, to make sure everybody sees all the pictures and stuff. Um, Pastor Michael's had a little bit of practice with reading to groups, so we'll see if he can still do it. The Bible says that a long time ago, God sent his angels to the earth below. When God had a message, sometimes he'd choose an angel to tell his very good news. An angel told Mary, you have been blessed. You have been favored above all the rest. You will give birth to God's only son. He will be king and will rule everyone. An angel told Joseph one night in a dream, Don't be upset. Things are not as they seem. For Mary's child is God's special plan. His name will be Jesus, the Savior of man. While shepherds were watching their sheep one night, an angel appeared with a radiant light. Don't be afraid, said the angel to them. A Savior's been born. He's in Bethlehem. Suddenly angels filled the whole sky, singing glory to God, our Savior on high. After the angels all went away, the shepherds found Jesus asleep on the hay. The angels' words about Jesus were true, and we can believe their messages too. So think of Jesus whenever you see 
an angel on top of a Christmas tree. Is that a good story? You guys like that one? Yeah. So, you guys said it's, it's Christmas Eve and, and presents are coming. Who's bringing the presents? Santa, that's right, Santa. Did you guys know Santa is real? Yeah. Do you know what Santa's original name used to be before he changed it to Santa? Nope. What, what do you think it was? Oh, okay, hold on. St. Nicholas, that's right, and someone over here said it too. St. Nicholas, he was a bishop in the church a long time ago. And he would go to people's houses and give them food and gifts, especially people who were poor. And he gave them sometimes, well, actually he almost always did, gave them a piece of coal. Now, you guys probably, someone probably told you at some point that Santa gives pieces of coal to the kids who weren't good. That's not exactly true. The reason St. Nicholas would give children a piece of coal was so that they could burn it in their fireplace and be warm on Christmas Day. If the kids weren't good, they only got a piece of coal. But as long as they were good, they got a toy and the coal. So the coal was actually a way to keep warm. And you know those fireplaces? Who here has a fireplace in their house? Okay, so you know about how big your fireplace is? Fireplaces way back in the day were huge. Like you could walk inside it. You, you wouldn't, but you could. Because um, they had to heat the whole house. So that's how all that started. But Santa... There's some people who will say Santa's in competition with Jesus, and that's not true. Santa, actually, when you look at what Santa does and what St. Nicholas does, bringing gifts to people, helping out the people in need, that's exactly what Jesus tells us to do. So there is room for it all together. What did you want to say? You've been very patient. Awesome. Do you know, does your angel have a name? Do you know what the name is for that angel? Did you give him one? What did you name him, your angel? Oh, okay. Ooh, very pretty. What were you going to say? Nothing? Okay. So, yes, go ahead. One more time slower. My sweater? No. Oh, he jumps down the chimney. Thank you. Sorry, Pastor Michael hasn't had enough coffee today. Um, it wears off after a couple hours. He needs a refill. So, all right. So, I need you guys to help me with something, okay? And we do this almost all the time. So, I need you guys to help me. We're going to do the Lord's Prayer. Okay, and if, if you don't know it real well, just listen to whoever's sitting next to you, and the whole congregation's going to do it with us, um, and we're just going to do the best that we can, and then after that, I have a bag of things I'm supposed to hand out to you, um, and then you can go back and hang out with your parents, or your grandparents, or aunts and uncles, or whoever brought you today. Okay, so can we do the Lord's Prayer? Are you ready? 
We got this? All right. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. You guys are awesome. Come on up and I will give you one of these things that I don't know what they are. But you'll get to find out. They are candy canes. I think you're right. Okay. There are bodies behind me. Okay, we are, do we have more of these by any chance? I am running low. You sure? Okay. Do we have, can, can, oh boy, can we have some people share? Um, okay. Okay, here, and do we still have our suckers up there? Are they accessible? Here we go. So we can have, here. A sucker. There were more of you than we were expecting. You just all came out of the woodwork. Awesome. Here you go, sweetie. Okay, thank you guys so much. All right. If everyone else would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Gracious and holy God, on this night we have heard how the world into which Jesus was born was ruled by governor, emperor, and king. Yet this story reveals that you, O oh God, are the only true sovereign, almighty and everlasting. We thank you that justice and righteousness are in your hands. We praise you for the peace you have promised. Most especially, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, who dwells among us full of grace and truth. Hear now our prayers of intercession that all people might find healing, comfort, and joy. We pray for public officials, rulers, and leaders in our own time. Give them wisdom in decrees and decisions a will for the common good and the courage to work for peace in local communities and among the nations. Shine upon them and give them peace. We pray for all who work and watch this night, for those in hospitals and positions of public service, for those who serve our country here and around the globe, for those in airports, trains, and bus stations, for those who work in shelters, hotels, and other places of hospitality. Shine upon them and give them peace. We pray for those who suffer this night, those who are sick and those who are dying, for one who is cold, for one who is lonely or grieving, for people who are hungry and thirsty, for all who struggle with addiction. Shine upon them and give them peace. 
We pray for families and friends, for those who are with us and those far away, for those who are traveling, for those who especially need your guidance in this season, for those in our memories who now dwell with you. Shine upon them and give them peace. We pray, O God, with the multitude of the heavenly host, that through Jesus Christ your glory will lighten every darkness, that your peace will fill all in all. We pray that those who live in the midst of war may instead live without fear and destruction, that those who live with the threat of danger in homes or on city streets may instead dwell in safety, and that all your creatures and creation itself may be restored and renewed. Shine upon them and give them peace. Confirm our prayers to your will and use us to accomplish your purposes for the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. I invite you now to join with me in accepting the gift our sanctuary choir is about to offer in their anthem, Christmas Grace.
If you would please join me in our prayer for illumination. Glorious God, in Jesus your grace appears, bringing salvation to all. Help us to ponder your words of love by the light of your spirit, that we may proclaim glad tidings of peace and welcome Christ in our world. Amen. Our first scripture reading this evening comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 7 through 18. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life in order to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it up again. I have received this command from my Father. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. We will now hear from our bell choir the gift they offer this evening of special music, God rest ye merry gentlemen.
Thank you all very much. That was beautiful. Um, I apologize. I had a moment of my brain not functioning and realized that uh, we didn't uh, have the bells or the candles set up where you could get them when you came in. So Martha is going to play some music, and I'd like to invite um, maybe if we can get just a couple people from each aisle to come and grab some candles for the rest of the people in their aisle. Um, we also have some glow sticks for anyone who doesn't want to uh, have a regular candle. Um, so if we could do that right now while Martha plays. Our second, uh, second reading this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, and then continuing at verses 22 through 38. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinus was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. 
Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn." When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me again in an attitude of prayer. Loving and grace-giving God, We come before you this night in anticipation and celebration of the birth of your Son, the Savior and Messiah of the world. Throughout this year's Advent season and now into the season of Christmas, we have seen how your angels have brought messages to humanity about this coming miracle. Sometimes those messages were met with moments of unbelief or doubt. Help us to strengthen our faith so that we may never doubt your love and the grace we are freely offered through your Son, Jesus Christ. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good evening again to you all, and a very Merry Christmas Eve as well. The Advent season seemed to just fly by, so quickly, though that is pretty true, I think, most years. 
This time of year always seems to go by rather fast as we rush to get everything done from baking to shopping to visiting with our families and our friends. It never seems to last quite long enough for many of us, although for others it may seem to drag on. During the season of Advent, we had focused on the angels and the messages that they brought to many of the key people in the birth narrative of Jesus. We started with the priest Zechariah and his struggle to accept the news that his wife would give birth to a son after so many years of not being able to conceive any children. From there, we examined a carpenter named Joseph who was engaged to a young virgin but found to be pregnant and the path that he took after an angel visited him in a dream. We then looked at the virgin herself and soon-to-be wife named Mary, who would find out she was going to give birth to a very special individual. And this last Sunday, we looked at the shepherds who were visited by a group, by a choir of heavenly hosts, and told about this coming Messiah. Sounds like things were pretty busy back then, too, especially for these angels running around delivering all of these messages to everyone. These life-changing and profoundly amazing messages that helped these regular, everyday kind of people see the incarnation through the eyes of the angels and enter into the door it opened that we know is Advent. We too are invited to look through that doorway and see the incarnation in a new way. So let's dive back into our second reading for this special night in a message of new life. We start with the birth of Jesus and the reasoning for Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem instead of just staying in Nazareth where they were. That, of course, being the decree from Emperor Augustus to conduct what was essentially a census. Now, there has been a great deal of scholarly debate over if this actually happened or if someone like the emperor would ever decree this kind of thing to occur, and several other specifics and questions. For simplicity's sake, though, for tonight, let us take it simply as the reason that Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem. And while they are there in Bethlehem, Mary gives birth to Jesus, and she wraps him in bands of cloth and lays him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Now here again, there have been almost literally mountains of scholarly debates over just exactly where the family stayed. Some argue it was a stable or a barn, while others argue it was the home of a relative in the first floor in a room where livestock may have been kept when it was extremely cold outside. And others still argue that they actually stayed in a cave on the side of a hill or a mountain. But again, just for tonight at least, let us not get into debate on the specifics of the situation. Let's instead accept that wherever Mary and Joseph were staying, wherever Mary gave birth to Jesus, it was most likely not the location that they might have preferred or expected. Now from there we jump ahead to when Jesus is old enough and enough time has passed to present him to the Lord at the temple. 
Part of this ritual included offering a sacrifice as outlined in our reading, either a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. Then we are told about this righteous man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was devout and looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And we are told that the Holy Spirit rested on him. And this is important because the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Messiah. And so the Holy Spirit guided him to the temple that same day that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus there. And Simeon gets to see and hold baby Jesus in his arms. And then a prophet named Anna, who had reached the age of 84 and never left the temple and was worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day, she comes at that same moment and begins praising God and speaking about this child and the coming coming redemption of Jerusalem through him. All this attention and expectations and prophecy about this child named Jesus and what he would do and who he really was. There are times I wonder if Mary and Joseph at this point were kind of used to it, who he was going to be in terms of everything that had led up to his birth, the visiting of these angels to both of them, the shepherds coming and sharing what the angels had told them, if this was becoming almost routine for them. It does say, though, that they were amazed by the things that Simeon said, so maybe not quite, or maybe Simeon was saying things that were a little bit new to what they had heard. Now, you may be thinking to yourself, Pastor, this is great and all, but right in the bulletin, your message is titled, it talks about angels and a message that they're going to bring. In this case, a message of new life. There was no mention of any angels in this passage, so what gives? And you would be technically correct, the best kind of correct. There is no mention of angels in either of the scripture passages we heard tonight. So what gives? Well, I want to look back for a quick few moments at all of the other messages that have been delivered this Advent season by angels, and then we'll come back to this question. The first week of Advent, we had a message of hope delivered to Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth, about her conceiving and giving birth to a son who would be great in the sight of the Lord and would go before him him as in Jesus, and prepare the way and the people to be ready for when Jesus came. The second week of Advent, we had a message of faith delivered to Joseph, telling him of the coming, of the coming birth of Jesus by Mary, and not to divorce her, but instead to care for her in Jesus, and how Jesus would save the people from their sins. Then the third week of Advent, we had a message of joy brought to Mary, also about Jesus' coming birth and how great he would be, the Son of the Most High, and how nothing is impossible with God. And then last week, this last Sunday, the last week of Advent, we had a message of peace brought to the shepherds by the angels and then by the shepherds to Mary and Joseph. That message was about the coming of the long-awaited Messiah, the Savior of God's people. 
So yes, technically, this evening's readings do not contain specifically a message from an angel to someone or a group of people. However, it does contain the fulfillment of the messages themselves. Each of the messages that we have read about during Advent talked about Jesus either directly as in the last three or somewhat indirectly in the message first given to Zechariah. Zechariah's received message is mostly about his own son, John the Baptist, but it does talk about how John would go before him, again, meaning Jesus. And each and every single one of these messages were about new life, and not just in a single way about new life, but in several ways. Zechariah's message was about him having a son born to him by his wife Elizabeth. His message was literally about a new life coming into the world. But it was also about what that son would do, which was to help prepare the people for new life through Jesus when Jesus would come and begin his ministry. Joseph's message was about the son whom Mary would give birth to. Again, a literal message about a new life coming into the world. But also, again, a message about the promise and the great things that this child would do to save their people from their sins and bring new life to the people. Mary's message is the same as Joseph in those ways of being a literal message of new life in the birth of Jesus and in new life of God's people in the things that Jesus would do. So too was the message the shepherds received about an actual birth of a child, a new life, and the salvation of the people in the new life that would be brought by the promised Messiah. All of these messages were about new life, both literal and in salvific terms. And the first part of our second scripture reading for this evening contains the fulfillment of the literal terms as Jesus is born to Mary and Joseph. And the second part of the reading about Jesus being presented in the temple, that contains the confirmation of the salvific terms in the words of both Simeon and Anna as they praise and speak about Jesus and God. Simeon says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And we are told that Anna, at that moment, she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So again, yes, these scripture passages did not contain any retelling of an angel coming to give another message to anyone else, but it does contain the literal fulfillment and the salvific confirmation of all of those messages delivered by angels just a little bit earlier. And who is to say there were not angels present at the scenes that we read about, at the manger, or at the temple? And while we are told specifically that the Holy Spirit moved Simeon, we are not given any specific information as to what moved Anna to at that moment come and start praising God and speaking about Jesus. It could have been an angel. Could have been the Holy Spirit. Truth is, we don't know. But the truth is also that it doesn't really matter. The messages that we find 
throughout Advent. It's the promise of the coming Savior into the world. And on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, we get to celebrate that happening. We get to see the message of the angels come to fruition for Zechariah and Elizabeth, for Joseph, for Mary, for those shepherds, and for all people and all creation everywhere across this globe. Now, I know that when I have good news to give someone, I, I struggle to contain it. And I often, it just kind of explodes out of me when I finally get the chance to share it with the intended recipient or recipients. Part of me likes to believe that the angels, at least with these messages, were probably the same way. They, that they too were just bursting at the seams to share these amazing messages and promises with all of these people. They were bringing the good news to humanity and creation. And I have to admit that that sounds like a pretty awesome assignment to be given. I pray that this Advent season has been one of hope, faith, joy, and peace for all of you, even if in small and scattered moments. And I pray that this Christmas Eve and this Christmas Day tomorrow are not only filled with the same, but also with love and grace, especially that given by God and through Jesus Christ. Amen. As we prepare for our closing hymn this evening, Silent Night, Holy Night, as the song begins, the members of our uh, sanctuary choir will light their candles from the candles on the altar and then proceed down to light candles on the edges of the rolls and ask that you pass the light down. Um, if this is something you have not done before, I would encourage you, um, if you are passing the light to someone, keep your candle straight up and have them turn their candle to receive the light from you. If you do it the other way around, you're going to get wax on your hand and it hurts, um, so you don't want to do that. Um, the lights will be lowered, we will sing all the verses, um, and we are asking that once you have your candles lit, if you would move around the edges of the sanctuary to form um, what's going to look kind of like a circle, but not quite because the building's not a circle. Um, so if you are able to rise and do that, once you have received the light, please do so. Um, if you would rise, though, now, and we will begin our song, number 239, Silent Night, Holy Night.
Merry Christmas. Go in peace. No, we talked about not doing that for tonight. <laughs>